This is David Maricatani. Welcome to Matt Chat. Today I am joined by a two-time All-American and 2012 Olympian and the current assistant coach at Virginia Tech, Jared Frayer. Coach, welcome to the show. Great to be here, David. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for coming on. How are, how are things out in Blacksburg? Things in Blacksburg are good. It's starting to get a little cold. The uh, leaves are changing, and uh, I think it's I think it's about time for wrestling season. So we're uh, getting ready to take off for Albany, New York, on uh, tomorrow morning, and uh, competing a little round robin um, matches on Sunday. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. You guys have journeymen this weekend, right? Correct. Correct. It's going to be a it's an interesting uh, interesting event, especially this, the Sunday portion. Um, I've always when I was at Oklahoma and coached at different places, uh, we we do the uh, the dual meet portion on on Saturday. We've heard great things about um, this round robin tournament on Sunday, so uh, we're taking our guys and and hope to get three or four matches for each of them, um, wrestling some some pretty stout competition. Yeah, and it's not like a straight bracket. It's just where you guys are lined up in wrestling specific schools, correct? Yeah, we we each each team kind of ranks the guys that are going to be competing on on Sunday, kind of an A, B, and C. And uh, um, Coach Papalizio is trying to kind of get everyone together where you're getting uh, you know the same same level competition as well as some uh, some uh, lower ranked guys. So um, it should should be a great environment and uh, you know a lot of D one D one matches. Yeah, I do the wrestlings for tracker, and I remember sorting through this. So you have like an A pool, A pool, excuse me, B pool and C pool. So you know, like guys like like you and Frank Molinaro, if you were still in the same weight class in wrestling, you guys <laughs> would be in the same pool, stuff like that, right? Right, as well. You know, I think they, they want to get, you know, one or two A's in each pool and then kind of separate them as well, um, you know, kind of separate the conferences and, and different things and get, get guys different looks. You know, we're not going to see some of the Midwest schools um, throughout the year, and uh, I think we're going to get, get paired up with a couple of those guys. So we're, we're excited to, to see some Big 12, Big 10 guys, and um, – you know, go from there, get some big wins. Yeah, yeah. And and it's any time you got an event run by a coach who kind of knows why people travel, it's probably going to be a little bit better because, you know, they're really doing what, what all these schools want, which is, look, you know, we're right down the road from Virginia Tech. We'll wrestle them next month. You know, give me some schools that I don't normally see. So that, that, that it's cool. It makes a lot of sense. I like that. So. Exactly. Yeah. Frank Frank's taking care of us, and he, uh, you know, kind of over communicates just to make sure, um, you know, everybody's happy, and and you know, that puts on an awesome event up there. Yeah, more is better than less in this case, I would think for sure. So, um, I've I've been blessed to have some really great guys on this show, and and one of the things that always uh, I find interesting is just to start, you know, not like all the way all the way at the beginning and walk through it year by year, but just find out how did how did people get started in wrestling. So. What got you into wrestling, and, and how old were you and all that stuff when you got started? Um, well, I grew up in, in Clearwater, Florida, so not not a big uh, wrestling state, especially, um, what, 30, 30-some, 30 35 years ago. Um, so my father was a high school wrestling coach. He wrestled in uh, he wrestled in college at Ball State when they had a, they had a wrestling team back in the heyday, and uh, he moved to Florida to start teaching and coaching and uh, just kind of Fell, fell along with the plan, and, um, you know, to, to be successful in a sport like wrestling down in Florida, you know, it's kind of a kind of a year-round deal. You know, you got to travel and, and find find competition where you can, and I played a little football and swam and dove for a little bit, but, uh, you know, I knew wrestling was kind of my calling, and um, so we, uh, once I was in high school, kind of really started to, to specialize and um, got as many 
tournaments as possible and, and realized this is probably the, the track I want to go, and um, there I went. Yeah, you and you're, we're, you know, we haven't met, but we're about the same height, so football was probably going to not be the path <laughs> for you. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, no, sir. And, yeah, growing up in the wrestling room, uh, you know, that was what what I did and following him around and just rolling around since I was a, since I was a knee high. And, um, yeah, man, I just kind of fell in love with the – with what it was all about, and uh, there's there's no stopping me. Yeah, I'm a coach's son too, so I love hearing those kind of stories. So, <laughs> um, you know, you had a really good career at Oklahoma, two-time All-American, um, but most guys that make an Olympic team are multiple-time national champions and things like that. So, one of the things that you know when I think about your career is you had to mentally believe, look, even though I didn't take first place at this level I can go be the best guy in our country in this different style of wrestling what you know what were the things that drove you I, I don't want to say motivated you because I, mean, I think I know that answer I want to be the best those kind of things but what were some things that gave you confidence to say even though I didn't win an NCA title I can go be the Olympic team member yeah, well, you know, it kind of goes back to the initial question. Growing up in Florida, I, I never wrestled, and it's, you know, obviously not like it is now where there's a folk style tournament every every weekend. I didn't wrestle my first folk style tournament until I was a uh, freshman in high school. So growing up, it was all freestyle. Um, you know, it was, you know, I grew up in USA Wrestling, AAU, um, where everything was freestyle, Greco-Roman. So um, that was kind of my, I guess, my niche. You know, I knew from a young age how to how to wrestle those styles. Um, and really, I had to take a back seat a lot of times in, in, in folk style because I wasn't I wasn't as accustomed. I was I didn't I didn't know how to ride. I didn't know how to you know I wasn't the best at getting away and that type of stuff. So um, you know whenever I could, I was wrestling freestyle. And and the more I I wrestled it, the more confident I got. And once college was over, you know I knew I still I knew my best wrestling was it was in front of me. So um, you know I, I was blessed enough to, to keep my keep my health and, um, you know, allow myself to really, I guess, blossom at, at the next level um, when, I, when I when I was a post-grad. So I was excited. Once post-town wrestling was over, um, I could really do what I, what I love to do and why I was, was so excited about the sport was, was freestyle. And, um, and sure enough, it gave me, a, you know, a strong, I guess, 12-year career traveling the world, um, you know, gave me a, a job to, to – uh, pursue and um yeah my last year competitive competition make make the make the team and uh it was, it was pretty pretty awesome deal yeah it's very impressive your style was really a fun style to watch you know from somebody who's older than you and just like you know like people talking now the big you know the big fad now or big thing is play wrestling and having fun and things like that and I would imagine you would have been a really fun guy to play wrestle with <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't get no, put on your no dome. Doubt. If you didn't get put on your dome too often. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Go big or go home for was my motto for a while, and I probably had to settle that down a little bit to to really get get my get my get my best wrestling out. But um, yeah, no doubt it was uh, this this whole play wrestling fad is, is is fun and something that I've always done, and um, you know it's, it's neat to see these guys enjoying themselves and, and learning the sport in the, in the same fashion. You actually, your statement was exactly more or less what I want to ask, which is you had this style, which is really fun, which is really fan-friendly, which was probably really fun for you to do. But you see all the time, like, Americans, when they get to that level that 
they've got to reel it in a little bit because these international guys will, you know, if there's holes in your game, if you're not, if everything isn't really tight, if everything really isn't efficient, they find ways to pick you apart. So what, what was that balancing act? Like I have to, you know, I need to be this offensive guy. I need to go get points. Even when guys get to my legs, I'm going to chest wrap or I'm going to, you know, front headlock or whatever the case may be, but I'm going to work for big exposure and, be, and, you know, walking that line between I just can't go for big stuff all the time because these guys will catch me. Yeah, I mean, and that, you know, goes for the high-level wrestling um, in our country as well. You know, you start wrestling a guy like like a Metcalf or um, Schlater, you know, Tion Ware, those, those type of guys. You know, you you gotta you gotta be fundamentally sound, and you know, in a lot of positions, and not not just rely because you know they'll 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 take your school if you're if you're just relying on on you know your funk or you know your your underhooks, your um, all that good stuff. So you know, really really focusing on that you know the hand and head defense, um, not letting guys get to my legs, allowing me to open up and uh, really I guess ha- have fun, but also um, like you said, be be able to reel it in and and um, focus on on the fundamentals, and if, if you can do that, then then you're going to put yourself in a pretty good position to to get your hand raised. Yeah, you, you said something that kind of struck an, a, a question I hadn't thought of, but I think I'm like a lot of people that listen to this show that you know if somebody you know posts on Twitter or Facebook or something in a mat, an old match, you know you know I'll watch it even if I'm in the middle of something I'll watch it. <laughs> And the styles and the rules, really the rules are, are different, right? Like, you know, when you wrestled, if, you know, we wrestled and we went out of bounds, it wasn't a chance. It wasn't like almost an automatic call that somebody was going to be stalling and, and you know, things right. like that. So, you know, obviously there's a whole new set of new rules here, but the one that's really getting the most attention is this, I, I guess we'll call it scrambling rule, the neutral, you know, if you're in 90 degrees rule. So, couple things, you know, if you were wrestling, how do you think that would have changed your style? And, you know, what? how do you anticipate that affecting matches this year? Yeah, you know, just kind of after the first first uh, week or weekend of, or so of uh, competition, I see that, you know, the guys are a little gun-shy about getting in those situations, especially the defensive guy. Um, and, you know, as – Growing up as a freestyle guy, I was in those positions all the time, always looking for, um, you know, putting that guy in, in danger, exposure. And, uh, you know, I did that a lot in my folk style. I kind of keep them there until um, either there was a stalemate or or they got so frustrated they had to let go and you, and you could score from there. So um, I think it's, it's going to, you know, it's going to help. It's going to be pretty difficult for a lot of the, the referees to, um, I guess, Take control of, of that position because because it is it's kind of it's kind of a gray area, um, you know, and how long that you got you're going to be in danger until they start counting and and you know it's just it'll be different for every every referee and um, so it's it's going to be difficult it's going to be it's going to take some time and I think the rules will probably change at some point throughout the season and they've they've said that every time we've had a meeting with the ref that um, this rule is is definitely changeable and and it, and it will most likely be changed in the next month or two to. To kind of solidify it a little bit, so. Oh wow! Um, so wait, they've told you they could literally change this rule between now and March. Yep, yep. That's he said. This you know, that's one of the only rules that that they've already um, communicated that with um, um, the 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 head of head of the referees, and this is this is a rule that will be changed 
after the first, really the first month of competition. So, so the guys have have some type of definition of what's what's um, danger zone and what's not, and and it's really a uh, kind of a, mo- a molded a molded rule as as we go throughout the the season. Wow, that's going to be weird because. You know, maybe I get lucky and hypothetically beat you with one set of rules, and then we're going to wrestle a different <laughs> exactly. set of rules for nationals. But that's going to affect seeding and a lot of other things. So that's that's kind of crazy. Wow. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Man. You, you've. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What were you going to say? No, no, no. Go ahead. Okay. So um, one of the things that you know that's that's obvious when you look at your resume is that you're a guy that's coached that at multiple places, but really, really interesting ends of the spectrum. So, you know, you, you were at Iowa, which is kind of mm-hmm. the culture there, you know, living in Iowa, just, you know, that's a state with no professional sports and sort of the mecca of, you know, just we love wrestling. And then you coached at Harvard, which is really smart guys, but narcissists. <laughs> Probably don't need to teach a snap down quite as many times. You know, they got it the first time. And, and then obviously Wisconsin and Iowa, or I mean, and Oklahoma, obviously, and Virginia Tech. So what are, you know, some of the things that you picked up either like, hey, when I was at this school, I really le- needed, I learned I needed to do X or, um, you know, what are some of the things that helped to make you a better coach by being at all these different stops? Yeah, I mean, no doubt, um, being able to um, really take what what was successful for for different coaches, you know, wherever I was at. Um, my first my first job was was at Harvard, go, coming from Oklahoma, and um, um, working under a guy named Jay Weiss, who's been there, you know, almost 20 years. And you know, we were able to coach a national champion while I was there, and um, just a just a unique situation, going from a, a school where you know the Big 12 or wrestling is everything, Oklahoma is um, you know, it's all about what what you produce on the mat, and then you know, starting over and going going to a place like Harvard, where academics is is first and foremost. And um, if you're not if you're not succeeding there, then you're not you know you're not you're not on the wrestling mat. And you know that that comes first, and and you really find out quickly um, how to put your priorities um, in, in the in the right right place. So um, yeah, I mean th- that was such a big deal. Um, Learning how to recruit when you when you tell a when you tell a kid, hey man, you're gonna you're gonna pay fifty, sixty, seventy grand a year regardless. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I'm not I'm I'm still trying to get the Jesse Jansons, um, the J.P. O'Connors that you know they're getting full rides from all these other places. And hey man, you're gonna you're gonna pay you're gonna leave here with probably a, a quarter million dollar uh, um, student loan uh, bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to to pay off. So so it really taught me kind of kind of how to recruit. What's what what kids want to hear and and um, so so that was that was a great great first step for me and then you know going to a place like Iowa where it's um, you know it's us against the world and and you know it's like you said it, it is a lifestyle it's a it's a place where you're you're recognized and and you know you mind your p's and q's when you're out out in the uh, you know out in the community because everyone everyone knows you and um, it's a pretty pretty neat scenario and then going back to my my roots at Oklahoma, and and uh, you know, in between that stop, uh, being able to work with a guy like Donnie Pritzloff, who you know is a, is is someone that I'd always wanted to work with and and learn so much from, and um, just being able to take what 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 is successful from each of these stops and uh, kind of mold it into my into my current coaching. Yeah, 
I think what's interesting, not only about you, but about the staff. So my show during the season, we interviewed the assistant coaches, and that's really comes from the fact that when I was coaching, I had made relationships with a lot of assistant coaches. I think those are kind of the guys that do at least a lot of the initial recruiting. You know, they're they're guys that get kids to the campus. They're the ones that start the process. And um, frankly, those are the guys that were were coolest to me when I was coaching. So, um, you know, so, you know, I wanted to get the voice of guys like you on the show. And Tony Roby is a guy that for years was really good to my father and me in our program. And so, you know, basically about this time a year ago, he was on our show. Obviously, since then, Kevin Trusser has gone to Iowa State. Tony's become the head coach. Uh, I, I couldn't be happier for for Tony. I mean, he's a, you know, I, I certainly don't think I'd probably know him as well as you do, but really a great guy. What's it been like working with Tony, and and, and what what was the conversation to uh, with you and he that he brought you over to Virginia Tech? Well, um, you know, Tony Tony is uh, you know he's been in the trenches for a long time. He's he's put in his uh, his his years and and poured his heart, sweat, and tears into this into this program and, and knows it inside and out, um, you know, as, as loyal a guy, hardworking guy, determined as a guy as, as I've ever been around. And, uh, you know, obviously one of the reasons that, that I'm here, um, I, I had some, some, uh, opportunities to go different places, but, but this was, uh, you know, it was, I guess, got God's timing, really the, the right situation, um, the right place, the right guy to work for. And, um, you know, we, being what what he's done and what he's kind of built here under under Coach Dresser, um, he knows what's what's working, and you know we're just going to continue that that momentum and, and do the things that they've done in the past, and and kind of put our own little individual touch into into um, each area that we possibly can. So, um, great dude, great uh, great person to work for. Uh, someone that we've it's been a you know a seamless transition. We've been here a little more over six months now, and um, you know, we're just excited to get this get this first season going and uh, continue to, to, to build uh, Virginia Tech into, um, you know, the sleeping giant that, that, it's, that it is. Yeah, for sure. What, and, and what was it like, like, how did the conversation happen that, uh, you know, that he brought you over to, to VTech? Like, you, 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 had, you, had uh, take, pretty, you had taken a little break, right, like a couple years? When I you have. I, yeah. I got, out of, got out of wrestling for, for three years. Um, I, was, I was selling uh, – Selling medical implants, working for Stryker, and and you know I was actually when I got his voicemail, I was in the in the OR, um, you know during a during a spine case, and uh, got out of the OR, and, and it literally a day or two before my wife had said, man, I just feel like you know God is calling us to to you know there's there's something just getting that itch, you know there's something something coming, and sure enough, I got that voicemail, and you know had a nice. <laughs> Nice little conversation with with my your, wife. Your, your and mom's have, got a direct. Your wife's got a direct line to heaven. That's frightening. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and and uh, so you know, I, and I I had I didn't I didn't think I was going to get back into college coaching, and and it literally, you know, it it always been something that I mean, it's, it's my passion. Coaching wrestling is my passion. I, I had a strong Sunday uh, Sunday group that that I was coaching and then going to tournaments with, and just having having a great time with those guys, and. Um, Sure enough, this opportunity came along, and after talking to my my wife and and uh, my father, who we had moved back home into into Clearwater, and you know I was near my near the the grandparents and parents, and um, 
man, it was just it was a no brainer. Um, he he knew my dad. That was the the the, the conversation. My dad said, you know, I, I love you coming home after 20 years being gone, but you coming home to be a salesman, that's not that wasn't your calling. And you know, he was he was so excited about the opportunity and. Um, you know, just it was the right place, the right time, and um, I'm just fired up. And after being here now for six months, um, you know, I hope I'm here for for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. And I I think you know on the outside looking in, I know Roby. He doesn't seem like a real jokey, you know, practical joker kind of guy all the time. He seems like a really cool guy to to work with or work for. But you know, you I I would imagine you walk in every day and you've got a purpose, you've got a task, and you know, look, this is what we need to get done to get this program to the level that it is. Um, and it, it's it's cool. Like, um, you know, all these things are sort of connected, right? Like I was interviewing Metcalf in St. John a couple weeks ago, and Metcalf was saying he was literally dry, about to drive to Colorado Springs when he got the call. And if he hadn't gotten, if he had gotten that call two, three days later, he might not have taken that job. So it's amazing just the timing of some of these things. You know, we, we hear this on the outside, and we're like, oh, they were probably working on that for months. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, literally you're walking out of a an, an operating room and you get a phone call. Right. That's crazy, yeah. So, it is, it is. And we knew, we knew if we were coming up here for a, you know, to, for a, I guess, recruiting visit or an interview, um, that it was, you know, it was a done deal. You know, we if we got on that plane, we weren't, we weren't you know, turning around and coming back. So um, it was literally a two or two-day probably process, two- to three-day process, and um, we were we were in. And you – so you thought that – and when you, you were getting recruited or being interviewed, did you did you enjoy it as much as you thought you would? Definitely. I mean, once we once we got here and, and spent, you know, you know, and, and we, we – like I said, we, you know, we knew getting on a plane, we, it was probably – if this job was offered, we were, we were going to take it. Um, we got up here, and it was even more um, – um, once, once my wife got around Roby's wife and me around Tony, it was, you know, we, we spent some time together, obviously on the phone and, and throughout the years, um, you know, scheduling and different things when we were assistant coaches, different places. But, um, you know, I knew right away once, once we went to dinner and, and kind of toured the, toured the campus that, um, this is a guy that, that I wanted to, uh, um, do big things with at Virginia Tech. Yeah, that's awesome. So. You know, one of the things that strikes me, you know, again, when I get to talk to these, these assistant coaches from all over the country, most of them come from the same, I don't know if the right phrase, but the same family tree. You know, like, mm-hmm. like even the Iowa State program are all ex-Iowa guys. You know, Iowa's right. all ex-Iowa guys. You know, Oklahoma State, and, and for the most part, is all Oklahoma State guys, et cetera. Your program's really unique. Um, you know, Roby's an Edinburgh guy. You're an Oklahoma guy. Frank's obviously a Penn State guy. So the first thing is, is, is there any downside to that? Like, you know, when you guys are teaching, I'm just going to, you know, front headlock or finishing a head outside single or whatever, you guys may not be singing from the same hymnal. Is that? Do you look at that as a negative or a positive? Uh, definitely a positive. I mean, you're, you're, you know, bringing a lot of different um, – teachings and philosophies together and you know we do we do a lot of talk behind the scenes I guess you know we're not just walking into practice and and showing what we think is going to work and then you know everybody's kind of throwing throwing stuff at the wall and hoping it sticks um, you know we talk about it um, in, in our staff meetings and and what we believe is going to work and um, I think a lot of ways we have a common I guess core 
common core technical side of what we're what we're trying to get across to our guys, but we also want our guys to be to be individuals on the mat and and be good at what they're what they're good at. You know, different Kyle Nordstrom's going to be different than than David McFadden, McFadden different than Chisco. Um, same as Hot. Um, you're not teaching Hot some of the stuff we're teaching McFadden. That, that's for sure. But uh, <laughs> as far as a, a common common core technical um, style of wrestling. You know that's that's what we're pushing, and we do all the kind of our individual stuff on on an individual basis. But um, definitely, I mean, we have you know you got a guy from from Penn State, one of the one of the few guys that that have come out of there. Um, yeah, they, out of the out of the, the recent success. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. he's he's one of the very few, and then to be able to pick his brain on on what what is obviously working. You know, you're not trying to reinvent the wheel there. So um, and then you know what what Roby's done here for the last. You know, last 10 years, going from you know zero points in the NCAA tournament to the last six years in the top 10, um, it's 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 pretty pretty special thing that that has been going on here. So we're all trying to just keep that that momentum going, picking and choosing what what is what has worked and what hasn't worked, and and just being grateful for the for the opportunity to, to come together and and um, and make this happen. You know, you have a guy like Ty Walls who has been here. He's he's been successful he's a three-time all-american he's on staff as well and um so he's he knows what's working and he's gonna you know put that into our bigger guys um as well as as well as tyler graff who was four-time all-american and um has a totally different um offensive weaponry than, than what i'm accustomed to so it's been great we're we're all we're all kind of picking and choosers from each other and and the room is a, is a strong vibe and and um i think our wrestling is going to going to show in, in the coming weeks yeah, it, it certainly sounds like it. And you got two guys that are obviously active in your RTC and, you know, wrestling, you know, really well and, and are guys that are, you know, I know Walls moved literally into Kyle Snyder's weight class, so that's a tall order. But a guy like Graf, <laughs> who's always been knocking on the door at that weight class, and it, it's probably with your first love being freestyle, that's probably really fun to get to be involved with him as well, right? No doubt. Well, I mean, one of, the, one of the first programs where we actually have, I mean, you know, we got three and four guys that are on the, you know, in the top three, if not top four, in, the, in their weight classes, and, and we can run some pretty, pretty exciting practices. And you know, yesterday we had a, we had a barn burner with, uh, you know, our three guys, two of them competing over the Thanksgiving break. One Ty going to, going to uh, Poland to wrestle the World Championships, the U23 World Championships, and then Tyler Graff going to, going to France to wrestle the Henry Dogain tournament. And uh, Frank just, I mean, he's ramping it up to. To be 70, 70 kilo guy um, wrestling in, in the Uregan, um late January. So all these guys are ready for getting ready for for big time competitions and just allowing our our young guys to get into those workouts and train with these guys and see what what it takes to 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 be a world class guy, a guy that can literally be on the on the world podium um, later later this year. So pretty neat to to be around that and allow my you know I can I can coach and and put those guys through some some pretty awesome workouts and um just continue their 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 rise to to achieve you know their their personal best yeah for sure and you know when we first talked we were going to try to get frank on on the show with you and he's got some other obligations this morning but one of the questions i was going to ask him so maybe you can kind of touch on it first of all i think you kind of answered the first one is i was going to ask where is his competitive career so it sounds like he's not retiring or anything like that correct Correct. He, he's, uh, you know, he took some time to kind of reevaluate some things. He's got, he's got a, his third boy due in uh, 
uh, do do Christmas. So he's in a he's in a pretty pretty wild time, and um, <laughs> he's once once uh, the baby comes, he'll be able to really kind of set up his his uh, co- competitive schedule. But right now he's uh, he's as fierce as as ever, and uh, he's he's excited. What we're planning on is is a late January uh, Uregan and 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 prepare for that at 70 kilos. Yeah, I immediately thought, how old can that kid be before he can have him sign an NLI, right? So. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> a, he's, his, his oldest boy is already committed, so he, he's he's got a he's got a strong crew ahead of him. He might be strong. He might be a strong kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No doubt. Little little hope. <laughs> yeah, and then a little. I love it. And then the other thing is. You know, like you you had said or touched on, you know, he's one of the few guys to have left Penn State. What what like I would think the first thing I wanna wanna ask him is how much of this play wrestling stuff is really real? How much did you guys actually go live? You know, everybody that went there uses the word fun 23 times in an interview. You know, <laughs> like wh- what's going on there? Did, wh- were you thinking that if you guys had these conversations? No doubt, no doubt. Um, you know, we've we've picked his brain about as much as it can probably be picked. But um, yeah, you know, I think the, the ability to have those, you know, and you don't want to put it all on that. But we, you, you know, you get you get some of these high level high level wrestlers. They're gonna they're gonna challenge themselves when they when they're play wrestling. They're they're having fun and learning, and that's first and foremost in their mind. And and when they do that, they're getting tired. I mean, they're it's not just all about you know you know playing you know. I guess I guess just playing, having having fun. They're learning and and challenging themselves to be better in a lot of those positions. And and um, you know it helps when they're all you know top top blue chip recruits. That, that <laughs> eighteen that, that, number that, one guys helps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you got a bunch of guys, got a got a ton of thoroughbreds like that. Um, you know, like I said, their their mindset has been there for a while. And and for some guys, you know, you really have to teach that teach that mindset. And the, and the play wrestling isn't isn't as easy to get across as, as maybe it is for, for um, some of these higher-level guys. So, um, you know, we, it's, it's definitely a, a balancing act where you have some guys that are they're, they're ready to do that, they're ready to challenge themselves and, and learn while they're, while they're play wrestling. Um, and there's others that you, you really have to kind of settle back, and it's got to be a, you know, a barn burner-type atmosphere where, you know, you have to not only teach them the mindset, to learn to do that and, and get better because of it, but um, but also you know you have to create that ability to be able to do that. So um, you know we're kind of halfway there on on a, a lot of situations. So um, you know you play wrestling is is a, is a big deal, but some of these guys have to learn how to to have the mindset to to get better while you play wrestling and when it's just not. Um, rolling around and tickling each other. <laughs> you, you know, I think you touched on something, and, and I, you're being serious. You kind of made a joke at the end, but I think, you know, er, er, it's kind of like the NFL, right? Like it was like the read option and all these other things. As soon as something is in vogue, everybody's imitating it, and everybody, like if I had a dollar for every time I talked to somebody talk about how important hand fighting is but never actually teach proper hand fighting, you know, <laughs> I could retire this show. Um, right. You know, I mean, and, and I think kind of people, you know, you hear this word play wrestling and it's an awesome term, right? Because it's like it just sounds fun. But right. obviously you're accomplishing something. You know, the people that are doing it as successfully are like, you know, and my mom will kill me for using this word, but we're not just going to go out. Hey, Jared, let's go play grab ass for the next 20 minutes. You know, like, right. you know, look, let's work on 
you get, you know, you split the middle and, you know, you're going to work on finishing and I'm going to work on defending or, you know, head outside or, or, you know, usually it's all of these things are sort of off of shots 90% of the time. So mm-hmm. when you guys are doing this play wrestling, are you starting in specific situations? Are you saying, I'm going to show you this, this technique or this strategy and then let's play wrestle through it and kind of figure out what are the variations off of that? How are you guys implementing play wrestling directly into your training? Well, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where, where it starts. You know, you, you, you got to go from, from drilling a, a specific position um, to, you know, it's kind of a, a building. You know, I think some of these guys, they can just, you know, you go to the, some of these world team camps and you can they just jump in and, and you're, you're, you're learning and figuring out positions. Um, with these guys, it's more of a, more baby steps. Um, you know, you start with drilling the position, understanding the position, and then work your way into putting yourself in that position, starting from the crackdown. Or, and, and with this, with these new rules and the the danger zone positions, um, you know, you really have to. You really have to play play in these in these scenarios because you're you're not always going to be there. So, um, and then you kind of move into okay, now we can do it from a shot. Now we can now we can not only just start in the crackdown or start splitting the legs or or start from, you know, a leg scissor or triangle, or um, you, you can find yourself putting yourself in those positions from the drill and then move into your sparring or your play wrestling. So no doubt it's ba- it's baby steps, and, and some guys aren't even ready to, to be put in those positions yet. So, um, you know, it, it is it is a, a feel for, for each different guy. Yeah, and as a guy that's a few years older, you know, that you guys trained a little differently. I'm older than you. We trained you know, even more differently. It feels like back in those days, it was a lot of live wrestling. And I'm, I'm friends with a, guy, a lot of guys like Randy Couture, who said he thinks one of the things he did wrong in his wrestling career was overtraining. Do you feel like that this play wrestling is kind of a way to avoid overtraining and to, you know, stay sharp, but not necessarily like just wear your body down and your mind down, I guess, as fast. Is that kind of the, some of the benefits you see of this? Yeah, you know, it's, I think it's a fine line. I think there's, there's a, a fine line of doing too much of it. Um, and like I said before, some of the play wrestling is is, is going to hurt some of these guys to where, you know, they need to be on that structured um, drilling or sparring um, type position. So, you know, I think it's a, it's a fine line as far as what guys are doing it and, and – how it's um, proactive for them, or or really on on the on the other hand, um, it's, it's hindering them. So putting themselves in bad positions where they, they don't normally wouldn't wouldn't be in those situations. Um, you know you know I don't want to see a guy a guy like Jared Hot who is you know pretty straightforward. He's you know strong as a bull. He's gonna he's got great defense, sprawling, getting his hips back, running the position. Um, you know you don't want to see him play wrestling and funking all the time and put himself in he's, he's not a, he's not accustomed to so um yeah it's great to learn some of those situations but but uh so, some some places it, it may hinder these guys so um but yeah definitely mindset wise it's it's you know these guys are coming in for for a role to uh you know get their weight down you know instead of you know going three three for an hour they can play wrestle and and put themselves in a continuous wrestling action and and learn as they go so um, it is. It's a mindset. I mean, some of these guys, it's 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 a mindset where you have to go in there and if we're going to play wrestle, we're learning how to wrestle in in a lot of these scenarios and not just falling into them and and uh, instead of play wrestling, we're lazy wrestling. 
I guess, would, would be the difference. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, it kind of makes, I mean, everything you're saying makes, you know, makes a lot of sense. And, you know, like your example with Hot, I mean, obviously I only know him from watching, but, you know, the term I, I would think of with him, he's very, very fundamental, very station to station. And you got him trying to just, like you said, pulling feet overhead all the time. If he falls in love with that, it kind of takes away from what he does best. So you, you got to walk that line with him where he practices it enough that if a guy puts him in that situation, he doesn't lose, but where his mind isn't, let's fall into this situation instead of what I'm best at. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things that I, I find interesting to ask guys that have coached as long as you have, and you when you came – you know, and you're a really unique example because, like you said, you were out of the coaching game for a couple of years. There's so many aspects to coaching, you know, literally one-on-one sessions, running a team, uh, you know, running a group practice, talking to guys before weigh-ins, helping them with nutrition, uh, recruiting, um, breaking down film, um, studying tape of the, your own guys and other guys, all these things. What is your favorite part of coaching? Um, you know, the, the, the relationships, I mean, it's cliche, but, but, um, getting to know these guys, you know, not only just on a, on a, uh, coaching level, but, but getting to know them as people and, and what makes them tick and, and what's going to, um, mature them to, to being, to being men and, and, you know, the future of, of, uh, the country really, um, it's a, uh, it's, it's a pretty special deal. And the more you get to know them, the more you get to know the families, um, and, you know, and now it starts earlier and earlier with these, with, you know, the recruiting and, and, uh, you know, like you said, you know, a lot of assistant coaches have, have those relationships with, with parents and, and family members and, um, you know, the relationships that are built are what, what, uh, make this sport, you know, what it is. You're, you're on a whole nother level, um, relationship wise when you're, you know, you're going to battle with these kids, you're, you're wrestling with them every day, you're seeing them sweat, you're seeing them, um, you know, go through some uh, pretty emotional times in their in their lives. Um, you know, going from a seven, sixteen, seventeen year old that you recruited um, as a junior or senior, and then seeing them matriculate all the way to their you know their fifth year and graduate, and now they're you know giving back the program and they're successful. Um, just just a pretty pretty neat um, situation that most sports I don't I don't think you get to the level of of relationship that you have with your with your student athletes. Like a, like a sport like wrestling, you know, you're having these kids over to to, to your house. You're they're playing with your your children. Um, you're some of these guys are building their their spiritual lives. You know, your FTAs and going to church with you and seeing, you know, just just a super super neat ability to um, help mold these kids and and uh, um, the future that that they're they're looking for. So um, uh, my 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 favorite part of the whole. Of the whole sport, the 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 occupation I have is building these relationships with the kids and their families. Yeah, and you can you can hear the passion in your voice in that. And I think, you know, I think you know you were an athlete and obviously a really really good athlete. And I think most athletes feel like if their coaches really cares about them, you know, not just are you going to win or lose for me, you know, but Jared, right. you know, how's your day going? How's it going with your girlfriend? How did how did midterms go? Hey, I know your, you know, your aunt is sick. How is she doing? Things like that. That you, you tend, and I don't want to say you get more out of them. That's not really, the, you know, that you actually care. That those guys tend to get more out of themselves because they feel like this person actually 
you know, gives a dang about me and not just about whether or not I, I win matches for the university. Exactly. And that's, you know, that's kind of, I guess, how my coaching has changed, you know, throughout a decade, um, you know, really caring, strong, you know, young, full of piss and vinegar. I want, you know, it's all about wins and losses. And now it's to the point where, you know, it is, it's a, it's, every individual is different. You're going to, you're going to treat them differently. You're, you know, the one, some guys are, they want to be browbeat. They're, they're, or, you know, and then there's other ones that, you know, it's all about, you know, being positive, knowing what's going on in their lives because they're going to, you know, that's what they're going to think about when they're, you know, cutting that last pound or they're, um, you know, they're going into overtime and, yeah. and they see how passionate you are about it, about them as, as people in the corner. So um, just, just a, uh, you know, a unique, a unique occupation that, that um, I take pride in and, you know, I'm passionate about. Yeah, and you know, you know, you get to know your guys, and you know which guys respond better to the carrot, and which ones respond better to the whip, for sure. So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, you mentioned some really cool answers there. What is one part of coaching that either, you know, maybe I wouldn't say you dislike, but what's an area where you feel like, hey, this is something I, I feel like I need to improve on more than some other areas? Is it recruiting? Is it you know, running a group practice? Is it the one-on-ones? What are the areas where you go, you know, I feel like my learning curve is the steepest in this area? Um, it's a good question. Good question. Um, I think just really in, a, in the last three or four months, there's there's some technical areas that um, maybe I lacked. I mean, I feel like I take pride in the amount of technique and um, positions that I know in the sport and, and enjoy learning and getting better at, um, but some just some of the some of the ways that that Frank breaks down technique um, in draft, the way he breaks down some setups and different hand positions that I never even thought about. You know, I said I'm going to go get the leg. That's what's going to happen. If I don't get the leg, I'm in an, I'm, in, I'm in an underhook. I'm going to go go big here. But uh, just the different positionings of of your hand and your head and and different situations like that. Um, I'm really, really starting to learn from and, and be better from. And, um, you know, just constant, constantly evolving as, as a coach, I think, not, not being set in your ways that, that you, can't, you can't change. And, you know, you, you have to be, especially in the recruit, recruiting game with all the, you know, social media and, and different things like that. And, and um, you know, if you're not, you know, I have to be the same way if, as I'm coaching when I'm saying, hey, man, if you're not doing something – you know, you're getting worse. You know, I have to take that that same coaching for myself. If I'm not if I'm not evolving and being better and, and trying to find ways to get better, whether it's reading books or listening stuff, um, then I'm getting worse as a, not only as a as a coach but as a human being, as a father. And um, so, continuing to get to get better in all those all those situations um, is is a big part. There's there's no there's no area of coaching that that I, I should not be improving. It's a really honest answer, and, you know, it's it, it's good. I mean, I'm sure you've been interviewed a hundred times, so if I got a question that stumped you for even ten seconds, you <laughs> feel like I did okay. But, uh, <laughs> you know, um, it's – but really when you – you know, when you said, look, you know, when, when Frank teaches, you know, not probably the hold or the move, but how he teaches it and how he breaks it down, I think is what you were saying, and how – you know, I think when you're around good people, maybe the wrong word is steal, but we all kind of steal from each other, right? Like, hey, not only 
are you great at this, but how you present this is so great. The, the language you use, the, posit the positive words or whatever the case may be. So it's cool that, you know, I think, like you said, you know, you have to keep evolving. One of the things I find frustrating is I hear people like, you know, and there's a lot of it's on social media, like, hey, we had X amount of people at practice and we got better today. Uh, yeah, you should, right? Because, you know, Virginia Tech held practice today, too. You know, so, right. you know, <clears throat> so did, you know, so did Virginia. So did North Carolina. So did North Carolina State. So did all these programs in, in your conference. And so did all the schools that are you're going to wrestle a journeyman this weekend. So it isn't just good enough to get better, right? Like, you have to get, and this probably is my mom, who's an English teacher, would kill me, but you have to get more better, you know, than – the people you're competing against so um exactly and that's you know that's a that's a you know age-old you know i guess battle that every coach has is you know how are you going to get these guys to where they're just not going through the motions you know going through the motions isn't enough these guys have to buy in and and you know i think that's where the kind of play wrestling has evolved where um you know trying to make it a little more fun more of a game where, you know, you're playing a game, you're playing pickup basketball, you're trying to figure out how to, you know, get that crossover, or get that reverse layup, or, um, you know, how are you going to make this fun to where you're, these guys are excited about getting better, and um, and not, you know, I remember going, I remember in college, you know, I'm first got admitted that I would go to practice, and I'm like, I don't want to be here, I'm just going to go through the motions and get, get over with this, get this two hours over as quick as I possibly can, so, um, you know, you have to remember that, and 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 figure out how you know to motivate these kids to to be better in that hour and a half. Yeah, you said a, a an intelligent mouthful there, right? Like you know, if if I'm your coach and I'm like, hey, we're gonna drill singles and doubles today, I'm like, yeah, when we get done with that, why don't you just punch me in the face too? You know, like, <laughs> you know, like I'm so tired of doing you know those holds. So yeah, I think you know, and and every coach knows this, right? Like when your mind. Your, your body will go where your mind, you know, believes in. So if you can get your mind to believe you're not tired, then you're going to be fine. And if you believe you're tired, then it's kind of over. So I, that's probably one of the things about play wrestling that I think is, is underrated. You know, like you're keeping guys mentally fresh and, and that allows them to perform longer and better. So right. um, let's, let's talk a little bit about your guys, your lineup this year and, you know, who's who are kind of your – you know, your stalwarts, and, and are there any weight classes that are kind of up in the air? Yeah, I, I mean, I think we have we have some unknowns. We have uh, four freshmen that are, that are going to be wrestling, um, three, I guess three redshirt freshmen and, and one true freshman, and then, uh, um, you know, a new cog, 57, still kind of kind of up in the air. Um, we have a, a guy named Ryan Blees and, and a kid named B.C. The Prad that are, that are battling out for that 157-pound position. And uh, two two guys that have been in, been in the the room for two and three years, and um, you know we're just gonna battle it out and, and figure out who who comes out on top. I think a lot of it'll iron itself out as we as we go. Um, right now, BC the Proud's gonna wrestle at Journeyman, and and um, I believe Ryan Blees will wrestle in the in the next in the next duel. But um, yeah, a lot of unknowns. 125 Kyle Nordstrom. He's he's a, a high flyer guy that that um, can score some points. Um, but but same thing in my wrestling. He's kind of got to get back to the, the fundamentals a little bit and uh, continue to build on on where he's good at. So and then our, our stalwarts, 133, uh, Dennis Gustafson, fifth year senior. Um, he uh, he's got a chip on his shoulder. He's he's 
trying to get on that podium for the first time as a fifth year senior and um he's he's brought his a game and and working with a guy like Graf every day um he's he's got to so he's got he got two two good wins last weekend and wants to continue to build build from that um this coming weekend so and then so Sol Machisco, 49 pounder two-time all-american um continue to, to to build and be better i mean his weight's the best it's ever been um and that that makes it easy for him to concentrate on getting better at wrestling so excited for him and and um our two i guess captains would be would be david mcfadden um at 165 sophomore was a true freshman um all-american and just loves the sport loves everything about it loves getting better and and um is a, is a big is a big leader in our room and uh Lastly, 97-pounder Jared Hott, uh, ranked number two in the country, a guy that he leads by example. I mean, he's the first guy in, last guy out, um, in here for individual workouts, continue to try to get better, and um, scholar athlete, ACC athlete of the year, student athlete of the year, and, um, you know, a guy that has every engineering company drooling over him. Um, <laughs> he's, got like, he's got two or three jobs lined up. Um, guys are kind of jockeying to try and get him. Um, in their in their company, which is which is a pretty neat deal when he's still got a whole year of, of school and wrestling to to, to finish up. So um, great group of guys, um, big big places to uh, to kind of jump um, and be bigger and better. So we're excited, you know. And I'm leaving out a guy like Zach Savatsky who at 84 is, is wide open for for a guy like him, and um, he's excited to uh, to get on that podium as well. Yeah, and I do the rankings for track, and, and right now you guys, where we have you is with 40 points and tied for ninth with Iowa, and, you know, Rutgers is right behind you with 39.5, but right ahead of you is Minnesota, 41, NC State, 43.5, Arizona State, 49.5, Missouri, 56. Like, so that 5th to 11th is really sort of one guy doing better than projections, one guy doing worse than projections. Um you know, it's, it's, you know, Dresser and Roby and other guys have really built that program where, like, top ten types of finishes are expected. So it must be really nice to walk into a program where uh, excellence is, is part of, of what's expected from you guys. No doubt. And, and to have those five guys returning and um, we lose Dennis and, and Jared next year, but, um, we you know, we got a big – a big year ahead of us, and you know our plan is to get get the two ACC um, trophies and and you know put ourselves in line to to possibly steal a trophy in Cleveland. Um, it's, it's close to us, and um, we see we see all of our guys where they're at now, where they're ranked, projected, um, and we know that every single one of them is it has the ability to, uh, to to place a lot higher than than where they're at. So um, we're excited about our guys. Um, we like our chances and. Um, just continue to, to motivate them, motivate them to be better, and, and um, for the most part, they're all their weights are great, so we can really spend the next five months getting better at wrestling and and um, making making our odds and chances and luck a little bit better um, come come March. Well, and the Nationals are in Cleveland, and you guys have obviously had zero success recruiting in Ohio, so that won't <laughs> that won't hurt at all, right? So. No, sir. No, sir. Especially with with uh, and the NLIs coming in yesterday. You got two two studs from Ohio coming in, so um, we're excited to continue to to build that tradition and that pipeline. And um, hopefully, we got a, a few more on the way. So um, it's a uh, 
it's nice. That's that's the one thing I really didn't realize, and it only helps in, in the recruiting process. That I mean, Blacksburg is literally there's so much within six hours of, of Blacksburg. I mean, as far as Jersey, Pennsylvania, Ohio, um, you know, all the Carolinas, everything is is a you know that's a stone's throw. When you're talking about coaching Oklahoma, Wisconsin, places like that, I mean, six hours is is yeah. easy. Compared to what what you're recruiting recruiting with um, out there, you know everything is a, is a plane flight out out um, places like that. So uh, being able to drive to these places, you know, running out for a football game, you know, watch a kid play football and and wherever, um, or or shooting over to to have to have dinner with the uh, with the family or that type of stuff. It, it's pretty neat to be able to to get to all those places um, with a six hour drive or less. Yeah, and and you're right. The geography is really different. You know, everybody, every program has sort of inherent strengths and weaknesses, and um, I think Roby's as good as anybody at, at knowing what the strengths of their program are and getting the most out of them, and and then you know doing what he can to to improve the areas of weakness. You know, and you know people go, well, you know, it's a small town or whatever else. Like, no, it's not. You know, I mean, I saw the recruiting. I don't say recruiting class, the recruiting visit you guys had at that one football game, and obviously you wouldn't have gotten all of those guys, but if you did, you probably could have just wrapped up a national title for the, <laughs> for the next five years. You just give out all your money and kick back and, you know, run no practice. No doubt. Run the RTC practice and put a couple of those guys on the Olympic team. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, that, you know, things like that, it, you know, we have to take our, I guess, only being being together for, for six months. Um, we got pretty darn close to, to – to um, you know, locking up some pretty pretty high, highly rated guys, and um, we have you know we have to take positives from that, knowing that we'd only been together as a staff for four you know three or four months when we started talking to these guys, and um, you know some of these other programs had had you know a year two years on them, so we have to take we have to take solace in that for right now, but then you know really hit this hit this next class hard and and know that. Um, like like we talked about earlier, it's 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 a relationship game. You gotta you gotta form those relationships early and continue to mold those guys and and hopefully uh, you know a year or two from from now they're on your team. So um, I think now that now that we got all our I guess ducks in a row and and we're all combined to 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 build this, um, we got we had a bright future in our in our recruiting and and with our with our current roster. Yeah, you guys are doing big things, and, um, you know, I met Roby several years ago. Uh, he tells a funny story about how, you know, the first year they had one guy win one match on the backside and got him off that <laughs> zero line to a half a point and how happy he and Dresser were about that. And, um, you know, that's how it starts, right? Like, you know, you got to, you know, crawl before you walk and walk before you run. And, you know, now you guys are running and working towards sprinting. Um, so I, I – I, you know, we, we've never really talked, you know, for people that don't know, like we're not buddies or anything, but I'm a big fan of, of your style of wrestling. You're a really fun guy to watch. Um, everybody I know has nothing but positive things to say about you. And uh, I think, you know, Roby did a great job getting you and Frank. So I just I really want to thank you for taking, taking so much time with me today and want to wish all three of you guys, as well as your wrestlers, the best of luck this year. I appreciate Dave, and, and I appreciate everything that uh, the track wrestling is doing. And- Making things, making our lives a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah, Justin, <laughs> Justin Tritch is a really smart guy. They just gave me a phone and a headset and let me talk to cool <laughs> guys like you. So I don't know how any of that stuff works, but you're right. It's pretty awesome what track does for sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Well, good luck this weekend at Journeyman. Okay, Coach?
Thanks so much, Dave. All right, ladies and gentlemen, 2012 Olympian, two-time All-American, and assistant coach of Virginia Tech. That was Jared Freyer. I'm David Mirakatani. We'll speak to you all next week.